You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. This is a strange morning because I really, I don't have a sermon for you. It's in... Not, I mean, I've got a lot of paper up here and a lot of things written on it, but it's not a, it's not a sermon, and uh, I think it's so timely. It's just the way the Lord works. This has been on the calendar for these kids to be here and, and, and come up here this morning and have this service. It's important for Melissa and her, her ministry to have these kids be a part of adult service, but also bring back some things that we used to do. Let these kids sit up here. Let them be a part of service. Let them interact. Uh, in the service, and that's exciting and fun, instead of just always sending them off to do their own thing, but that they could be a part of what we're doing in here. Um, and then also, so profound, um, as I was thinking about what the Lord was building for this week, to have what it is to have our kids in here and see them in our pursuit of God in the mornings that they're here with us. I mean, they see us. They see us. I, I, I have story after story after story of my sons doing things some good, some bad, things that they saw me do. I didn't teach them how to do it, they just watched. And then all of a sudden they had this ability to do it. Some profound things that I don't know how a five-year-old and a, and a three-year-old can comprehend, but they were doing it because they were watching, and it's the same thing in here. What they see in us will begin to be reflected in their own lives. They will see our love for this Savior and how we express it. So let's make sure that they see it well. Amen. Amen. Sarah said this word last week, and this is really all her fault. And she, she, she said it's in a song. Um, but she got up here last week and she said, uh, we're meant to be giving away what we are never meant to keep and gaining what we can never lose. That is, that is this life of giving away what we are never meant to keep and gaining what we can never lose. I've never heard the song that that's in, but that was a profound word for me. That blew my mind of giving away what we are never meant to keep, and at the same time gaining what we can never lose. And I, I'll be totally honest, she said it, it blew my mind, I also didn't fully and totally understand it. I had to sit with it for, for a few days. It hasn't left me alone, and I was thinking about it, and the Lord just began to show me that that is life in the overflow. We've talked about this, and I'll, I don't have the bucket of water in it for that example today, but if I, if I put a, a, a cup, an empty cup under a faucet, turn that faucet on and leave it there, eventually it will do what? It will overflow. We're meant to exist in the overflow. God is continually pouring out His, Himself on us in the blessings of of all that He's opened up to us, He's pouring them out on us. He's opened up the kingdom of heaven and He's made it available to us. And He's continually pouring it out on us. But the second we begin to operate in the cup, we recognize it's full, we shut off the faucet, we remove the cup, and then we begin to operate from inside the cup until the water's gone. But that's not where we're meant to operate. We're meant to operate in the overflow, continually overflowing and operating in that excess. And we were made for excess. We were made for abundance. And we're made to exist within the abundance that God has for us. We talked about it last week. When God speaks something into creation, it doesn't just create and then stop. Because you can look at it right now, the universe is still expanding. When He said, let there be light, has it ever stopped being light? 
Was it just light for 24 hours and then it ceased? No, it's been light for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. When He speaks things into existence, they continue to go into existence and expand and expand and expand. And that's the life that we're made for because we are of Him. We are included in the all things. All things were made through Him and for Him. That includes you. And if we were also made for Him, then we were made for abundance because God Himself is abundance. So we're made to exist in the overflow. And that's, that statement of, gain, of giving away what we were never meant to keep and gaining what we can never lose is what overflow looks like. That's what allowing the river of life to flow through us looks like. I've just got two scriptures this morning. And the first one's in John. And I'm going to tell you the second one. Go ahead and go to the second one. It's Ezekiel 47 verse 1. But in John chapter 7 verse 38. Whoever believes in me as the Scripture has said, this is Jesus talking, whoever believes in me as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So, the Lord, I, I, you guys know that, if you know me, you know that the Lord speaks to me in imagery. That's how I learn. I'm a, I'm a doer. I need to see somebody do something before I have the ability to do it. And the Lord speaks to me in that way. And it this, this image that he began to paint in my head brought clarity to that word from Sarah. We are not meant to contain the river. That would be like, if, if we're trying to keep what we're never meant to keep, that would be like standing on the bank of the river and trying to just scoop as much water out as you can. Covering yourself and scoop as much as you can out of the river. Is that doing anything to the river? Is that stopping the river? Is that really blessing you in any major way? If you're hot and there's a body of water that could cool you down instantly and you just start splashing it on yourself, is that the most effective way to cool yourself off? No. Not at all. Thank you, young men. You guys are awake. Adults, come on. Get with it. All right? No. And this is the other important thing. God is logical. Incredibly logical. What we were just talking about was illogical. To stand on the bank of the river and try to, try to contain the water. Try to gain anything for yourself. The most logical thing to do would be to get into the river. Right? But now think of that word from Sarah again. Giving away what we are never meant to keep. And gaining what we can never lose. If I'm standing in the river, can I contain that river? No. Should I even try? Absolutely not. I just allow that river to come, bless me, and then continue to go past me because I can't ever lose it because it's still flowing to me. It's still flowing into me. It's continuing to flow towards me, but it's also supposed to flow past me. And to who's next? Right? Does that make sense so far? If we could just stand in this river of life, it affects us and passes from us but we also at the same time never lose it. And like I said, I've been consumed by this, by this word from last week, and I was reflecting on this, and the Lord began to speak. And that's why I said that I don't have a sermon for you. Um, we've, got, we've got a lot more worship. Not a lot. I mean, we've got worship, uh, more worship plan because this word is quick. But as I was reflecting on this and the Lord began to speak, He began to prophesy over this community. And so this is, the, this is the first, I've spoken things that I, the Lord has prophesied over this community before. 
And we get scared by that word. It's just simply the Lord saying, I'm going to do this if you're going to be a part of it. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm doing currently. But today was the first, or this word that he brought and he gave it to me yesterday, was the first time that he's, he's spoken something for this house, for this body, and for this community that the second it is spoken can immediately be seen. That the fruit of it could immediately go out and begin to take root and affect the lives of those around us. Immediately. And so this is, I, I bring this with a lot of caution because I don't want it to not be heard. Because if we can do something that would immediately save those that do not know Him, we should do it. Think of the life that you've lived and the things that you've gone through and the things that you've struggled with and now think of your children. And the things that freed you about the Lord that have freed you from the life that you used to live and now think, would you ever want them to walk through those same things? What is the point of that? What is the point of this endless cycle? And we live in a world, I was talking about this with Danny, we live in a world where we have seen generational strongholds in families year after year after year after year, generation after generation after generation, and we wonder why the world looks so crazy. Well, with each new generation, if you've got one generation stabbing in the dark trying to find out who they are because all things were made through Him and for Him, period. No arguing with that. And if they don't know Him, they're stabbing around in the dark trying to figure out what they were made for. Find out who they are. You've got one generation that was doing it. Couldn't find it. Can't grab hold of anything. And then they have children. And they start doing it. And then they have children. And then they have children. And then they have children. So the attempts to find their identity and figure out what they were created for, which is Him, because all things were made for Him and through Him. The attempts get more chaotic and more crazy. And we have, we have people that are doing more outlandish things just simply trying to grab onto anything that will hold them steady. But they're still in the dark. And I'm telling you, the Lord has a word this morning that could bring light into those dark places. So who are we that we would not want to be a part of that solution? I, that gets me excited. I would not waste a second. If somebody told me my son will die tomorrow, if you would just buckle him up in the car before you take him, he'll be saved. Easy. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to, well, I mean, maybe we'll just see. We'll flip a coin. I'm not going to put a seatbelt on. We'll see what happens in this car accident. No. And we have a key. We have an ability to bring life to those that are dying. If you believe in God, then you've got to also believe in this other place too. If you believe in heaven, you cannot refuse to believe in hell. You either get one or the other. And we get to be a part of bringing those into the promised land with us. And we have the key, we have the solution, we have the ability to do it, we have the wisdom to do it, we have the truth and the freedom to do it. So I say all that as a precursor that you would understand that this is, the Lord is not negotiating with us, He's not playing around anymore. You tell me how much room we have to kind of just take it easy with this God thing. You just, you just tell me, does our nation have any more time to, to waste waiting on us? Then stop making them wait on you. I've got a word right now, and this is me too. We've got to be fireworks outside of here, not just in here. 
outside of here, and there's a word from the Lord that's so encouraging, and I'm going to read it. I'm not going to just keep talking and dangling it in front of you. Ezekiel 47, verse 1. I would just ask that you're, that you're right now the position of your heart would be yes and amen to what the Lord has. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, from the temple fa- for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side, going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand. The man measured a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, and it was knee deep. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, and it was waist deep. Again, he measured a thousand, and it, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was, so, it was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river, As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on the one side and on the other. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into Arabah and enter the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be very many fish, for this water goes there that the waters of the sea may become fresh so everything will live where the river goes. And this is the word. He led me to this, this passage just through crazy circumstances, just really kind of flipping through my Bible, and he, he hit me with it. And he spoke this, If we will function in the river, giving away what we are never meant to keep, and gaining what we can never lose, we will see all things Come to the river. And he showed me this picture of this river that flowed from this house. And it flowed in all these different places. It it wasn't like it originated here, but it went wherever you go. There was a river. And there were people that were running to it, flocking to it. They They were running with everything they had to this river, to the banks of it, to begin to drink from it, to begin to... Be immersed in it. And it came because of the people of God that instead of trying to gather the river from the bank, stood in it, receiving and freely giving. The, the, the second they received it, they were freely giving it away. In the very moment. And because of that, the river was able to go into places it could not go before. And because of that, people that have never experienced God, have never seen God, were swarming to the river. It was a promise that if we will function as He has intended us to function, people will flock to this river. They will swarm to it. Have you seen a swarm of bees? That's not a, that's not a few. That's a bunch. And they're, they're, they're running. They're, they're going to this destination with everything that they have as if their life depends on it. Because their life depends on it. The people of this community depend on what we know. 
And it's time to be the river functionally out there and not just in here. But that we would freely give what we have freely been given. We used to have this conversation around here just about Randy and all of this counseling. And he'd be asked, you know, you should write a book on all of this and sell it. And just so profound to me, and it's kind of crazy in Christian culture, and I'll leave you to interpret this as you want to, but he would just simply say, how can I charge people for what has freely been given to me? But that's what we live in. We live in this reality of charging what has freely been given. The Lord freely meets you here each and every morning. Each and every Sunday, He freely meets you here that you would freely go out there, that they could encounter Him in you. I can't describe to you how how beautiful it was to see the people of sundown flocking to this river of life and finding who they've always been created to be in that place and finding freedom from generational strongholds. Finding free, we've got kids right now. Melissa has kids in her youth ministry and she, or children's ministry, and she's already seeing generational strongholds manifest in these babies. And it's not pretty stuff. It's heartbreaking things, and they can be free from that because of what the Lord does here and what He establishes here. And this was this word. This was this prophetic word. And I just asked him, okay, what do we do now? He said, let the river flow. And that's not foreshadowing to a song we're going to sing. (laughs) But he said, let the river flow. How? Be you functionally. Praise my name. Pursue me. Lead from the front. Stop leading in response and reaction to things that we see. So silly. Stop leading because somebody does something and now you're responding to what they did. That's not leading. That's reacting. The Christian church can no longer react. We must simply lead from the front. What does that look like? Pursuing God and having your eyes fixed on Him and Him only and living your life. That's it. The kindness project that we, I don't know how many people, amazing people we've gotten to meet that just don't know the Lord and have not ever felt the presence of God or encountered the kindness of God. They've just not seen it, and they really, a lot of them can't comprehend it. It's not anything we do, it's just because we're looking at what he's doing, and we're just walking in his footsteps. And then all of a sudden, we're meeting these people, can't comprehend them. And I don't know, Dan, are we having fun? I'm having fun. I got bit by a dog on Wednesday, but I'm still having fun. It's still cool. (laughs) Open the door for an interesting conversation. We're having a great time. Leading from the front. Being who God has called us to be, not worrying about anything else. But in that, people are finding who they are created for and who they are created to be in those places. Because we're leading from the front and we're allowing the river to flow. We're being who God has called us to be functionally and living in it each and every day, not just when we come to church on a Sunday. Being who God has created us to be functionally each and every day. And every living thing was swarming to this river. And so again, I was asking him, okay, how do we usher this in? How, how, is this, how do we seal this deal that it can immediately begin to be seen in the world around us? 
And it's just real simple. And I wonder if we can make the connection of why so many of us are uncomfortable with praise. I mean, I remember from a young age being uncomfortable worshiping corporately. Why do you think I would be a child uncomfortable with worshiping corporately? What care in the world should a child have about what anybody around them thinks? But what does that do? What, what does he say in this word between these, these covers? What does he say about praise? It's beautiful. It, it, it blesses his heart tremendously. It ushers in the things that he desires to do. It, it, it ushers in the Spirit of God to begin to move and work. But So now, why do you think we're uncomfortable with it? It's the same reason if you start to struggle with something, your first response in your own personal life is not to get closer to somebody, it's to isolate yourself further, right? When you get angry, it's not like you start talking more, you start talking less. You start taking a step back. You start to isolate. That's all by design to keep you from being you functionally because the Lord has made us for fellowship together and when we gather together, one, where two or more are gathered, The Spirit of the Lord is there. Are there more than two of us in here? So we can rest in the promise that the Spirit of the Lord is here. And then what happens when we begin to be this third member of intercession that that the Son and the Spirit of God and then us, His children, would join in them in accordance to what they want to do in perfect unity and begin to praise God, ushering in what He wants to do. I'm telling you, praise is this place of intercession. It's finding yourself in unity with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit on what God the Father is trying to do, on what He is trying to orchestrate. And that's all praise is. And so why would we feel uncomfortable with it? That keeps us from being who we're created to be, functionally. I'm realizing all these things as I'm an adult now, because I don't want my sons to grow up nervous about worshiping in front of you. I mean, what if I told you, what if I got up here one Sunday and just said, oh, my boys, they're, they're not coming to church anymore because they're uncomfortable around you all. Would that hurt? That hurt a little bit. You all know them from the time they were brought into this world. If they should be comfortable with anyone, it should be with you, shouldn't it? Not only our friends and our family, but the body of Christ. And they should be able to discover who they are in this place of worship freely, right? And this is just a side thing, but the Lord just simply said, praise, usher it in, praise it in. Pray that God would do exactly what He said He wants to do, but it's got to start in you. How does it start? You have to immerse yourself in the river. You have to first be willing to step off the bank into what God fully has for you, whatever that looks like. I know there are some in here that know the Lord wants them to do something and they're, I don't know. Step into it. Step into it. I have to, I'll I'll be honest, I have to keep myself from turning to the bank and, and leaving the river often. The river gets kind of sketchy sometimes. It starts, it starts roaring and, and ripping and starts coming at you pretty hard and you don't want to sit in there because it's not comfortable all the time. It's not fun all the time. But it's the place you're supposed to be and it's way better than being out of it. 
How many of us have known life without God and no life with God and would say, I would rather have life without God? I'm talking about truly, I'm not talking about grow, grew up in church. I'm talking about people that know what freedom is. There's not a one of us that go back. Stay in the river. Jump in the river. Whatever this time needs to look like for you, jump in it. Because I'm telling you, the second you say yes, people will begin to swarm to what it is that you have and what is flowing to you that you're never meant to keep at the same time as you're gaining what you can never lose. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.